The Fantasy Focus Football Podcast is presented by GEICO. Whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and auto insurance. Go to GEICO.com today. The Fantasy Focus Football Podcast is presented by ZipRecruiter. Starting a fullback instead of a running back? Not smart. Using ZipRecruiter to find qualified candidates fast? That's smart. ZipRecruiter identifies people with the right skills, education, and experience for your job, then actively invites them to apply. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. Welcome to the Fantasy Focus Football Podcast, a Friday edition as we wrap up the month of November. Something weird happened in the NFL last night, but we'll save that for Monday's recap podcast. I am Field Yates. To my left is Matthew Berry, and to his left is Star Fonya Bell. Good morning to both. Good morning. I see we're still using the wide shot, which I like. I, I do like too. that. Take it to to be up. fair, I just want to say this. We've literally used the wide shot okay. like Doesn't every day like that. that we have done it this has on not Twitter. I promise you, same. Luna got in my ear as soon as you said that yesterday. Okay. And you were like, oh, it's right. cool. We've okay. used the wide okay. shot. Okay. We've used that important. every single this day. may be true, but what we see on our monitor looks different than what we've ever seen. That's why we commented on it yesterday. Look, it's uh, Stefania would like to invite everyone uh, at home <laughs> to the gun show uh, that's watching us on Twitter at Fantasy Focus and Field. I have an important discussion uh, to have with you at the moment. Okay, let me hear it. I think a lot of people at home think we call Starfania Bell, um, Starfania Bell, that we call Stefania Starfania Bell, and they they're like, why do we do that? You know, they they're not really sure why, and I think. There's a lot of reasons why. I think why. any reasonable person would know why. But I want to hear your explanation. Uh, right. So <laughs> you really don't. So anyway, the <laughs> other night, Stefan here at ESPN, here at ESPN, I, I, at this, at, we we call it a campus, and here at this campus of ESPN, we have over 20 different broadcast networks that come out of this facility. Not just not just ESPN or ESPN two or ESPNU or ESPN News. But um, also programming internationally, obviously a lot of stuff that we do digitally, like this this podcast, for example, obviously a lot of programming for ESPN Plus as well, um, you know, various things for SEC Network, ACC Network. Where is this going? I'm going to tell you. As after and, he turns off his phone that yeah, he yeah, forgot yeah. to turn so off. So anyway, um, I'm sure it's probably my wife texting me. So <laughs> it, anyway, the point is, is that we have a, because of there's so many people that work here, we have a massive makeup and hair department. Okay, That's and true. and they are terrific. These these women they make uh, you look TV ready. They make me <laughs> look presentable, uh, a camera ready, which is you know no easy feat. Believe me, I don't give much to work with here. So <laughs> the fact that they make me even semi presentable, they are they are lovely women. Uh, they do a great job. They're all professional. So Stefania Bell the other day goes in to the makeup people, the makeup and hair people, and says she needs you know she needs hair, she needs makeup, she needs a whole thing. You know why she went in? Uh, no. She's going to New York for a for a for a date with one of her girlfriends. No, listen. That was like no, not no, a we, TV thing. Like uh, she was just like you, if you so go to her wrong. Instagram, if you go so to her wrong. Instagram at Stefania B eighty seven, like look and she looked great. By the way, you looked like a million bucks. Your hair was amazing. Your makeup was amazing. You, you. looked awesome. They, again, they, the people did a great job here. But I just found out in the makeup room earlier this morning that basically it was all done for this personal appearance no, for, for this for this so date. Wrong. The, whatever you're 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 hanging out with your buddy. Did I not? 
wear that look yesterday I in don't the know. studio? No, because you wouldn't pay attention. Mm. The only reason you noticed is because they you were asking it, me yeah. how my evening I was. Mean, I'm just saying. The evening that followed my appearance in the studio. But you when, didn't comment when I go one out, bit on when, how I looked. You wouldn't know the difference when if I, I came in in scrubs listen, and Listen, Stefania, I love you no matter how you look. I love you ah. for the person inside. I just want to point out here, Field Yates, that I just feel like when I go out, when Beth and I go out or when you and Chapin go out, I don't know if you go in to do makeup and hair before you do. I just sort of grab a coat <laughs> is what I do. ESPN Radio, breaking news. I've come across some information that I feel like is very important to talk about on this show really quickly. Okay. Okay, yesterday, all four of us took the Saints on the podcast. <laughs> and I look now in Pigskin Pick'em, and I see Matthew Berry has a one next to his name, meaning that he actually changed his pick after what? he took the Saints on the podcast, and he took the Dallas Cowboys in Pigskin Pick'em after we all did it on air. Oh, hijinks. Mouth and look at that face. That is the face of somebody oh, yeah, that knows he did what he you did. Know how do we handle this situation? Oh, How do we wow. handle this? Wow. <clears throat> I mean, I think I mean, that is... I think that's, wow, and you weren't even going to tell that us. That is a no, weekly disqualification, say, I think, here's right? Here's what I did. Let's do a Twitter here's poll. A, oh, Let's do yeah. a Twitter Just poll on this. Just take it straight to Twitter. We don't even have to do anything. I mean, Field, I'm just talking to you today. Just you. You and me, I have a straight shot This is you. amazing news. I know. I look at it. We have way? a two box. Look, yeah. this is perfect. This is great. This Divine. is perfect. I love this. Yeah. Great shot this right here. Keep it right here. the best I love this. show here's what ever. I here's, here's what ever. I I'll just, I'll, I'm going to be completely you're not honest. In the, you're not no. in the shot. I'm talking to Dave. Too silent. <laughs> you know, I know what happened. You <laughs> fat thumbed it. You, did, yeah. you fat thumbed it. You went to That's, click the Saints and you clicked the Cowboys. That is, that is 100% true. No, you, I was, oh, I, no listen. I would cop to it. you coming up with an excuse for him? He's like, oh, that sounds good. That's what I took the Saints. I literally, I took the Saints last night, I, yesterday. I mean, you guys see me. What I do here on the computer. No, we don't you can see, see you. We is that I, I, as we go along to the games, when I make the games, I make the selection. So I literally thought I took the Saints. I did not know this until this moment that I, I hit the wrong button. That's why I'm laughing because I look. I would own it if I had changed it. Hundred percent, I would own it I if I changed it. If I got the call I would right, think the only fair. It's way entirely to a fat thumb thing. The only way to fairly solve this, in my opinion, or a fat index finger on your to mouse. put Matthew at the bottom of the standings. Yes, and let him dig his way out of that hole. I think that's for fair. Compromising the integrity of the league. I think, and that's the thing. We have to be able to protect that. Let's just take his entire week thirteen, throw it out. He gets a zero yeah. for week thirteen, so. and then he can it's come back after that. All right, that's fair. Fair, yeah. fair okay. enough. This, this from somebody who used to give me routine grief about. Oh, you're calling. Remember, you say I'd call Jamie and change my well, picks, which is on. so not true. There is a no, no, difference, no, but there's there a difference between so hitting the wrong button before the game starts and making a call, which is what happened here, mm. versus mm. what Stefania would do. Is Stefania would say something in the podcast, she would forget to enter, and then she would literally call the engineering people here and make them who are super busy, and she would say, "Hey, can you stop what you're doing for ESPN? Go into the system and change the back the outcome after the games had happened." These are false. That words. actually happened. Nobody that, believes multiple you, by times. the way, because everybody multiple now times. Knows you Get Chris be. Jason in here. Get I'm going to bite Jason my tongue in here. We're talking about like the miniature amount of maintenance that Stefania requires. Before we get into some of Matthew, bite my tongue before I start going off on things that I shouldn't be. Saying. I'm happy to leave. Can I just leave? Can yes. I? Am I done? No. Can we count this as a podcast? Can we count this as a podcast for my career? We're back to the best show. You have to do this show and Bill Barnwell's show and then another show after that. That is your punishment. Let's get this over with. 16 games. Let's get to the football.
Ravens and Falcons, where we start in terms of the Ravens. I'm not sure you can start anybody on this team confidently, but you can certainly wonder about who is going to play. Stefania, Joe Flacco returned to practice on Thursday. So too did Gus Edwards and Alex Collins. It feels like, at least for Gus Edwards, there's a much different tenor than for those other injuries. Right, and I think Gus Edwards is the one we're really interested in here. Um, Joe Flacco, we're not going to have Joe Flacco out there. Just it is notable that he's back in practice and he did get cleared to do some activity. But Gus Edwards had an ankle injury. And when he didn't practice Wednesday, we were very concerned. Jamison Hensley actually noted that he was working on uh, lateral movement and Jody looked fine. Right. Those are the things that I really value. Not just that he was out there, but that he was actually doing things that would stress his ankle uh, and seem to get through the work fine. If he puts in another similar practice today, I think you can feel confident about Gus playing. That's good news there. And I think that uh, there is a case for Gus Edwards as an RB2. We made it on Wednesday. Matthew, Mike has some concerns, though, because Gus Edwards, zero catches in two games. You were more confident on the Gus bus. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think that's a real fear. I mean, I have him at 18 in my running back ranks after the Thursday night games, of course. He does not catch passes, so that is a concern. And could you see a scenario in which the Falcons, who are at home where they traditionally play better, where Matt Ryan traditionally plays better, that the Ravens are trailing in this game, rookie quarterback, you know, on the road at Atlanta. So that is a concern that game flow could work against Gus Edwards. Having said that, uh, Ravens have run the ball over 62% of the time since Lamar Jackson took over as their starting quarterback, the highest rate in the NFL by a wide margin. And so the Falcons, you know, listen, one of the worst defenses in the NFL against running backs this year. Uh, they're, they're brutal against the run as well. In fact, I believe over the last four weeks, the Atlanta Falcons 24th against the run in terms of rushing yards allowed per game. So given the volume that we're seeing from Gus Edwards, I do think he's a viable RB2 in fantasy this week in PPR, but I am on the lower end you know, uh, because of the lack of pass catching and concerns about game flow. We talked throughout the week about how Lamar Jackson is a borderline fringe starter, and with Drew Brees and Dak Prescott now removed from our rankings, he's right around 10 or 11 for Matthew and I, Stefania, a little bit less optimistic. Worth noting, though, for Lamar Jackson, back-to-back weeks where you're like, yeah, he's been awesome. He's been quarterback 13 in consecutive weeks. So the ceiling has not yet been tapped for Lamar Jackson, in part because there hasn't been that much throwing production, which is why we've got all three of Willie Sneed, John Brown, and Michael Crabtree ranked outside of our consensus top 45 wide receivers. Something real quickly to point up, though. Three times, three times this season, the Falcons have held a quarterback to under 20 points. Every other time, that quarterback's been over 20. Here's the three that they've held under 20. Okay, Nick Foles in week one. Yep. Back up. Uh, Dak Prescott. Recently. Alex Smith. Yeah. Okay, Alex Smith and Dak Prescott, both on teams that are very slow in terms of of, pace of play. They're 20th or worse in terms of pace of play. Ravens are second in terms of pace of play. So I'm just saying, like, it is a defense. If you're starting any quarterback against a defense, the Falcons are one of those teams that, in theory, you would like. I also think playing indoors on the turf, uh, you know, uh, plays in Jackson's favor. Yeah, less than 150 combined yards for Willie Sneed. Michael Crabtree and John Brown. Yeah, you're not playing any of the wide receivers. With Lamar Jackson as a starter. For the for the Falcons, you know who you're starting. Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, who needs just four touchdowns in his last five games. Wishful thinking by me mm-hmm. for him to help uh I think maybe even five touchdowns in five games. For me to win a board bet over Matthew for the full season. But Tevin Coleman has been sort of on the downwards tick recently. We've got him as a RB two, low end RB two, maybe a better flex play. Matthew, this Ravens run defense is no joke. 
Yeah, that's that's right. I mean, I have him at 24. I'm the lowest among the three of us on Tevin Coleman. He made the hate list this week, so I'm expecting him to fall under his projection this week. And so Tevin Coleman, who, you know, hasn't had more than 13 carries since week four, now facing a Ravens defense that allows the third fewest rushing yards per game, the sixth fewest yards per carry allowed. And you think, well, he's, you know, he's a big part of the passing game here, right? And so... Well, six fewest receiving, uh, uh, few, f- six fewest receptions they allow to opposing running backs. This is the Ravens again, right? And they allow the six, the the second fewest receiving yards to opposing running backs. So pass catching running backs have not had a lot of success against Baltimore. Rushing running backs have not had a lot of success against Baltimore. And so when you think about Tevin Coleman, who's projected to have thirteen point four points. I'm taking the under in this game. You've still got Edo Smith hanging around. Falcons are underdogs by 1.5 points. I say the Falcons. How about you, Matthew? Hang on, let me go to my pigskin hey, pick them where I'm first place. Yeah, yeah, because here's what I, this is what yeah, I do. I'm gonna, take, I'm, I'm gonna take whoever wins. Actually, your picks don't count. Okay, this is that fair? Yeah, yeah. I'll oh, just take whoever wins. The only way you guys can, you know, try to uh, try to defeat me because I'm in first place all the time. Okay. Sorry, I got something right. Accidentally, but whatever. Uh, Sounds like your fantasy career. <laughs> fair. That's fair. Sorry. That's pretty good. Pretty good. It's a pretty good line. I will take the Falcons. All right. Good stuff right there. We just had a clean sweep of the I Falcons. am taking the Falcons, okay, yeah. Daniel, I, 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 thought you, I saw you say it earlier without acknowledging it. My bad. Uh, the Browns go to Houston to play the Texans. The Texans have won eight straight games. For the Browns, you're starting Nick Chubb. He has been awesome since the trade of Carlos Hyde to Jacksonville. Uh, no injuries of note for the Browns, but there are some question marks on this offense. And let's start with the running back, Duke Johnson, who for a while was a thing. Do we think it's no longer a thing for Duke Johnson? Like, how do we project when Duke Johnson has a role in this offense to find you? Has it got to be a team? Does it have to be in a matchup where you're like, all right, they're playing the Chiefs. They're going to be down big. That's when Duke Johnson makes good of those opportunities. I honestly have no idea. Okay. I, mean, I, I have no idea because we've seen one really productive week from him after there was a switch in coaching and you thought maybe that was going to be the trend and then it wasn't a trend. So at this point, to me, when you're desperate for consistency, that's why I haven't ranked so low. I just, I don't, I can't count on it. Guess what? You're the highest among the three uh, of us I, on I, him. Look, I, I know. But, but still, the, but, well, no, I, but no, right. I'm not higher yeah, than Field. Yeah, not his strength. Yeah. Oh, yes. sorry. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Field has him at 37. You have him at 39. I'm at 46. None of us have a lot of confidence in Duke Johnson, who played just 17 snaps last week, Field. You know, has just one game this season with more than four catches here. And what's concerning, I think, if you have Duke Johnson on your team, is that as this offense has exploded, I mean, Baker Mayfield and the Browns as an offense have looked really good since Freddie Kitchens has taken over as the offense coordinator, as Greg Williams has taken over the coach. You know, call it what it is. The offense is rolling. They've been helped out somewhat by the schedule, but the, it's been good. And so as they've emerged, Duke Johnson hasn't been a, a piece of it. It's been all Nick Chubb in well, terms of the running backs. Right, and, and in terms of the entire offense, it's been like the Bears. Nobody right. is standing out as like right. an every week seven catch per game player, which brings me to the next topic here, who might be the most divisive right now for fantasy football. What do you do with Jarvis Landry? Under 50 receiving yards in four straight games. Yeah. This is a player that lived off of volume. He has a season-low five targets in consecutive games. Can you even start him this week? I don't believe so. I mean, you know, it's interesting. He made the hate list. I use some of those same stats uh, in the column as well. So I'm taking the under on his projection this week. You think about the Texans, who allow the third fewest yards per slot completion so far this season. Since week five, no receiver has totaled even 45 slot yards against the Texans. 
he he runs the the majority of his routes out of the slot, obviously. And again, to your point, as we talk about with Duke Johnson, same thing. As Baker Mayfield and Freddie Kitchens have elevated the the Browns' passing offense, it's been without Jarvis Landry. It's been it's what's happened is is they've they've spread the ball around. That's so you've seen some David Njoku, say. you've seen some Antonio Callaway. I don't feel like there's a trend with Baker Mayfield. I think he's like a, I'm going to find who's there on which day, and that's who gets the ball. Like, it's very hard in terms of predictability to say this is going to be their game plan, at least with the sample size we have right now. Right. Earlier Get on this week, I compared him to Drew Brees in terms of mindset. Matthew then said he was actually better than Drew Brees, but the idea being like, throw the football to who is open, right? not necessarily to the same person over and over. Yeah, I think that's fake news, my friend. Actually, I, I believe you were the one who compared Baker. You you said Baker Mayfield was the be- greatest quarterback in NFL history, I believe. Uh, sort of. Yeah, basically. Whatever. We'll go with that. <laughs> in any event, the Browns. Have no, been I don't far know. Listen, he's, he's not Drew. He's not Drew Brees, but I think Baker Mayfield's a player. I think Baker Mayfield's legit. And just to this point about everything that we talked about here, good find here by Thirsty Kyle in the three games since Greg Williams took over. Took over. Okay. Baker Mayfield is a top five quarterback in completion percentage in QBR, and yet during that stretch, Jarvis Landry, 55th in receptions per game, 91st in receiving yards per game over that stretch. They have managed to make a lot of hay without Jarvis Landry being a big part of this offense. Okay. I love the stat, and I'm proud of, of, of Kyle for mining that out. But we got to, since Freddie size. Kitchens became the offensive right. coordinator, exactly. Greg Williams, who hasn't touched that offense in well, three but, weeks. No, but, Whatever. I'm just saying, make it a Freddie Freddie Kitchen stats. Give love for, to our boy Freddie. It's fine. It's it's the same thing. It's since Greg Williams took over I the offense. As, as Greg Williams is obviously a defensive coach. I Everyone know, knows I that. Know. So whatever. We just mentioned Freddie Kitchen. So I was just whatever. The fact is, is since there was a coaching change when since Hugh Jackson was fired as the head I know. coach, I know. since Todd Haley was fired as the offense coordinator, there was right, a coaching we're aware, change. We're aware, Greg Williams we're is the head, new head coach. Freddie Kitchens is the new offense coordinator. Since oh that stretch, God. okay. That is what's happened. You are starting Lamar Miller as probably a flex this week for the Houston Texans. And DeAndre Hopkins, you are definitely starting. But Deshaun Watson has been producing, despite limited volume, no more than 25 passing attempts in six straight games. In some ways, Matthew, in the same way that people were worried about Russell Wilson and not being as efficient, they might be worried about Deshaun Watson, these low-volume passing players. Are you at all concerned about Deshaun Watson in this matchup with the Browns? Yeah, um... No, I mean, I have them higher than you guys. I am at nine, right? So, no question about it. You mentioned the, the, you know, 25 pass attempts or less in six straight. I get that. But for me, I think the rushing is what helps out a little bit here. It's completed over 70% of his passes in three of the last four. So he has been efficient. You know, even though he hasn't thrown for a ton of volume here, he has been efficient. Only Breeze has a higher touchdown percentage than Deshaun Watson since week eight. So, uh, he's actually been, he's been pretty accurate here. And so Watson, who, you know, obviously had the big run last week and it's been up and down with his running, make no mistake about it. But actually, this is, I know this is going to sound weird, but my ranking of Watson is somewhat based on the success that I think the Browns offense has in this game. Like, I don't think they get shut down here. I think the Texans win this one, but I think the Browns move the ball effectively against Houston, who's traveling back to Houston on a short week in this one. So because I think the Browns score on Houston, I think Watson's going to have to throw here somewhat. So look, he comes in at the top, t- he comes in just inside my top 10. Um, he's sort of right there in that kind of eight to 12 range. But yeah, I'm a little bit more confident in him than you guys are. Yeah, for what it's worth, obviously Houston did play at home on Monday night, so they're not going anywhere in terms of travel. Oh, you're right. I, your point you're right. is well I taken up, in terms though. of the amount yep. of points being scored. It's still a short week for Kiki them, but Kiki Cutie yes. is banged up, Stefania. He is. Do we think he's going to play? 
I don't think he is. Okay. And uh, here's the thing. Even though he's been limited in practice, and so it's kind of hard to gauge with the Texans because a lot of times you see players limited like DeAndre Hopkins and never misses a game. But it's more about what's happening with Kiki Cutie. This is a hamstring injury that has been bothering him since the preseason. Obviously caused him to miss the start of the season. He comes back. He plays for several weeks. Then he goes out, misses two weeks plus a bye. Comes back and has a great game. So you're like, okay, maybe now third time's a charm. Five catches, 77 yards, plays virtually all the offensive snaps, comes back the week later, two catches, 14 yards, leaves with an aggravation of the hamstring. Texans obviously looking at the long picture here. I really don't think that they risk him in this game. I don't think he's quite ready to come back. They've already been burned by him having to leave twice during the season. So I don't think you get him this week. And after what Demarius Thomas did last week, maybe that's where where the ball is going. Well, might not have to make a decision on Kiki Cutie then based off what Stefania just said. Which And you would certainly up uh, Demarius Thomas um, in this matchup if Kiki Cutie were missed. Remember, over the last four weeks, the Browns are the 30th pass defense in the NFL. Texans are six and a half point favorites. Give me the Browns in this one. Stefania, how about you? I'm going to take the Texans. All right, Matthew. Wow, I didn't realize it was six and a half. I'm going to go with, I think, yeah, I'm with you. I think the Browns cover here. I, I think the Texans win, so but smart. I think the Browns cover. Daniel? I'm actually going to take the Texans. Oh, yes. yeah. Here, Here we, we go. go. Two and two. So someone will make up some ground one way or the other there. The Patriots host the Vikings on Sunday. Uh, I was going to say after Sunday night, but Sunday afternoon. Uh, for the Vikings, you're starting Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen. But if Stephon Diggs doesn't play, that makes it a little more difficult. Stephon, he has missed practice on Wednesday and Thursday. According to Dr. Stephon Diggs, he is playing on Sunday. <laughs> what do you say, Dr. Bell? Well, Dr. Stephon Diggs said that when he had a rib injury. And what happened? He did not play. Yeah. <laughs> so I just want to take you back to that point. Look, I love the enthusiasm. I love the confidence. Sometimes there are certain players who I don't think they're trying to be deliberately sneaky, but they really believe like, yeah, if I'm going to get out there, I'll be ready to go. Um, it, this is a big what happens on Friday. We've seen this with the Vikings before. But I would say to you, if we find out and hopefully we will during the course of the podcast that he's not out there on Friday, then uh, definitely I think they sit him. And even if he does turn in a light workout, Again, this may be the, it's the time of year where guys start getting nervous about players who aren't at 100% and pushing them a la Melvin Gordon, and we saw what happened. So uh, I don't have a lot of confidence in Diggs right now, but stay tuned. Something to keep an eye on there. The Patriots have really not done a great job of bottling up quarterbacks this season, Matthew, but do you feel as though Kirk Cousins should not be started? You're down on Kirk Cousins this week. Is this Is this fatigue from everything that happened with him in Washington? No, it is not. Okay. Uh, although, believe me, I mean, is well, that's a whole that's a whole other rant. Um, yeah. But screw, I will very quickly. I will say the Redskins screwing up Kirk Cousins, which they did. I, I mean, is ultimately going to because of the injury to Alex Smith. It's going to screw up that franchise for a number of years. But anyway, um, we will see what happens there in terms of Kirk Cousins. I'm just outside the top ten. You know, my concern here is that when playing with a lead, see, I think the Patriots win this game. Let's just start there. Okay. I think the Patriots win this uh, win this game, right? And so when playing with a league, the Patriots defense have the sixth best yards per pass attempt, the third best completion percentage, the second best uh, percentage uh, pressure rate. And that is important because when Cousins is pressured, he averages 29% fewer fantasy points per pass attempt. So Cousins, who's been up and down this year, make no mistake. I mean, fantasy-wise, he's been up or down. I just don't see him going into Gillette and lighting up the Patriots, who I know have also been up and down defensively as well. I'm expect if Stefan Diggs doesn't play in this game, which sounds like it's, you know, trending in the wrong direction, I think, 
that's another sort of knock on uh, on Kirk Cousins in terms of weapons available to him. So I think they try to at least have a heavy Latavius Murray and Dalvin Cook game here. Give me Kirk Cousins outside the top 10. I'm taking him under his projection, which is pretty lofty this week. Uh, for the Patriots, you are starting Sony Michelle and Julian Edelman. And if he plays, you're starting Rob Gronkowski. Now, on Wednesday, he was not on the Patriots' injury report. Stefania, on Thursday, he was added back to the injury report, again with the ankle, again with the back. He was limited. Correct. And I think the reminder here is not so much a panic. I did see a lot of people were nervous, like, whoa, he's back on the injury report after he was not Wednesday. Did he have a setback? What does it mean? I take it as Thursday's the heaviest practice day typically for the Patriots. If you go back to when Gronk's back flared up, it was after a full pad practice on Thursday when he went hard. I think Gronk's got like one motor. So it's the easiest way to control it is to not have him participate fully in a Thursday practice when you have limited reps. That has to show up on the practice report, so I believe that's why he's there. I don't think he's in danger of missing this game. That's good news right there. Obviously, if Gronk plays, generally the rule of thumb is he plays, you play him. Rex Burkhead, Stefania, is not on the injury report, which I think people might be surprised by, but he is off of IR, but practicing fully. Off of IR, practicing fully. I think it was one of these where he got healthy before the IR time was up, and he was out, obviously, with a concussion issue and neck-related stuff tied to that, but there's a certain amount of time that you can't practice with the team. So when you come back and you're healthy, you can jump right into full practice. But as we know with the Patriots, when we've seen guys come off the injury report and they do limited work, sometimes you think, well, it might take them a while to get actually activated and integrated. I think this is your surest sign that you can expect to see Rex Burkhead involved to some degree this weekend. Matthew, who loses the most value with Rex Burkhead back on the field? I think they both sort of do in a little bit. Sorry, uh, Michelle and James White. Yeah, yeah. obviously. I mean... So I think both, both, because you can use Burkhead, they've used Burkhead as a goal line back before. They've used him in pass catching duties. And I think Burkhead plays enough that he saps the value a little bit of Sony Michelle and James White. I don't know that he plays enough that you would feel comfortable starting him. You're not starting him this week until you see sort of how them, how the Patriots use him. But they, you know, they like him on special teams. He's, I don't want to say he's a gadget player because I think Burkhead is a much more complete football player than that. But the versatility of Rex Burkhead is one of the things that I think New England really likes about him because you, you put him out there and there's just a lot of different things they can do offensively. And so defensively, it's hard to sort of know where the Patriots are going. Um, whereas with James White, you feel like it's more often than not a passing play. You know, with Sony Michelle, you think it's more often than not a running play. So I think they like the versatility of Rex Burkhead. But, you know, Sony Michelle, who has normally been a top 10 running back in weeks in which he's healthy, comes in at 15 for me. James White, who's also been sort of borderline top 12, and for a while there was top five, he comes in at 20 for me. I think he saps the value of both guys, and you don't love the matchup with Minnesota, which is one of the best run defenses in the NFL. And one of the best defenses, period. I don't think we need to belabor the point that, like, hey, we are not, we are, like, we understand why you might be benching Tom Brady. Like, people have seen enough this year to understand why you might bench Tom (laughs) Brady this week. We talked about this yesterday. I just sort of, it was more hypothesized than anything else. Yeah. Like, is home Tom Brady a thing? He has been very good at home this season with 13 total touches and over 300 passing yards per game. We'll see if it, if it continues this weekend, but the Vikings are just different than everybody else the Patriots have played so far this season at Gillette Stadium. They're the third best scoring defense over the last four weeks, third best passing defense over the last four weeks. I have him, I, I am taking the under on 16.5. That is his, that is his week 13 projection. I took the under there. Where do you land? Uh, I have him probably in the under as well. Well, maybe slightly over. I mean, I've got him at 12 in my quarterback rankings with the Thursday night quarterbacks removed. Right. 
One thing to keep an eye on, Xavier Rhodes missed practice on Wednesday yeah. and Thursday for the Vikings. We'll see on him as well, Stefania. It's a hamstring yeah, hamstring issue. issue. So, again, the Friday practice will be a big deal. If Rhodes misses, I would take him off the hate list and I would bump him up a little bit there. I'd still have him outside my top ten, but just – just, I, I just want to be clear on that. I would, uh, I think I would probably bump him up a little bit over the projection. He would, he would officially come off the hate list if Xavier Rhodes, uh, does not play in this game. Patriots are six and a half point favorites. I think the Patriots win this one and cover. How about you? I'm taking the Vikings to cover. I think they win as well, but boy, six and a half is a lot against a, uh, um, but see, here's the thing. Like again, if if Rhodes doesn't play, then I might switch it to the Patriots. By the way, I did not do that last night. I'm copying to what I might do there. Though. No, I know, and we've we've had this situation before where it's like if we find out somebody plays, are we allowed to change it? And we say that we are taking what we do here on the podcast. But if I announce it here on the podcast, if Rhodes is out, I'm taking no, the Patriots. You're allowed trying. to do it as long as you declare what you're going to do if something happens. Since that, when I don't know. Are we creating unique rules? Her players. What? Contingencies. It's typically when there's a quarterback injury of note, but I'll let it fly this one time. As the arbiter of all things, picks can pick them. I'll let it fly. to find who you got. He's such a cheater. Patriots. Daniel. <laughs> I'm going to take the Vikings. Okay. I've literally never changed a pack, pick after a game. Star Fania. <laughs> this is not a road you want to go down, my friend. Redskins play the Eagles on sure, Monday Night Football on ESPN. Hold up. Did, uh, did you guys forget to list the Redskins players next to start? Oh, no. I don't think there's anyone that's worth starting. Oh. Zinga! No Redskins <laughs> that we are calling must-starts. However, there is an injury of note. That would be Chris Thompson's defining. He has missed what feels like the full season. An eternity? Yeah, yeah. It feels like forever. Well, we expect him back on Monday. Uh, I think. For the first time in forever? Is that what you're saying? Chris Thompson's back? <laughs> yeah. For the first, it's a, it's a reference. Disney reference. Yes, reference. yes. Well right. done. You're, you're a company man or you try to be. Well, listen. <laughs> Among the three of us, one of us has young daughters. So there you go. Yeah. And one of for us, the first time in forever. Good yep. minute. You just watched it on your own. But okay. Chris By Tom- the way, <laughs> I have watched it on my own. It's a terrific movie. It is. The, the music is very catchy. Good. Do you yes. dance? Right. <laughs> uh, Chris Thompson would likely return on Monday night if he keeps up this practice. Ever. Look. Full practice. You have not seen Chris Thompson be a full participant in practice since he had this latest rib injury. So uh, to me, that was the thing that was most notable about what he did Friday was that he was listed as a full participant. If that continues to happen, yes. First time you'll have Chris Thompson back in weeks. That's good news there, Matthew. And if he does play, I don't have him ranked as of yet, but I would have him as like a low-end flex play. He's been so productive in the passing game this year, but... What does it mean for Adrian Peterson? And where do you have Peterson ranked this week? Because he makes your hate list. He does. And yet, weirdly, I still have my head of both you guys here. Look, last four games, guys averaging three yards a carry. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, like 15.8 touches per game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and so we talked about this stat on the fantasy show on ESPN plus. I, I'd like to mention as well, but I think this is fascinating. Last four games, he's actually averaging more yards after carry. Than before, after first contact, than before first contact, I should say. Yeah. Almost messed that up. So, I mean, and I think we may have talked about this on the podcast yesterday as well. Um, so I don't know, you know, just Peterson has just, it's, he's had to do it all himself. Like the offensive line is, is a shambles, you know, and so look, I, I just think you're going to, if I'm the Philadelphia Eagles, I think I load the box and I say, you know what, we'll take our chances with Colt McCoy. And that's what teams have been doing so far against Adrian Peterson and the Redskins. And it's certainly been working. 
And I think that I just happen to know that the Redskins trust Chris Thompson a lot more than they do, say, Capri Bibbs. So I think you'll see Thompson out there in more situations, especially, by the way, if the Eagles manage to score on the Redskins, which I think, sadly, they'll be able to. Redskins defense, after starting the year so strong, has started to show uh, spring some leaks. You're also in on Josh Dotson as a dart throw of the week. Yeah, I mean, he made my others receiving votes here. Four straight games with at least seven targets or a touchdown. He leads the Redskins in air yards per target this season. You know what? Eagles have allowed the third most deep passing yard so far this season. To the extent that Josh Dotson take, I'm sorry, the, to the extent that Colt McCoy takes a deep shot or two, and I think he will, given how banged up the Eagles secondary is, and again, how, how much I think they load the box against Peterson. I think Dotson is, again, He's a wide receiver four is where I have him ranked. But if you're, you know, when you're in the wide receiver four range, you're looking for dart throws. I do think Josh Dotson is a worthwhile dart throw on Monday night and maybe an interesting DFS tournament play. Starting Josh Adams for the Philadelphia Eagles, he has seemingly seized that running back job in Philadelphia to himself. No injuries of note for Philly, but there's some question marks around in the passing game. And we start with Alshon Jeffrey and Golden Tate. Like it's hard. Golden Tate went from this massive target share in this steady role yeah. in Detroit to being a complimentary piece in Philadelphia, and it hasn't quite blossomed yet. Like, I think we are hopeful. That's that the maybe... nicest thing I've heard anyone say about Golden Tate's tenure in Philadelphia, is that it hasn't quite blossomed yet. Okay. It's, well, been my a, point... it's been an unmitigated disaster. I don't know about that. I mean, he's played, <laughs> what, two games? He's two... played three, and he's no, done... No, hyperbole. He's done literally nothing. Okay, so my point was this. I, I mean, the whole offense is tanked. There was a possibility that, that Golden Tate, in like... One of his first three games could hit 100 yards, for example, or hit eight catches. He has not done that, obviously, with Correct. Philadelphia. He's got 11 catches in three games. I think we all expected more um, from Would they him. trade a third-round pick? Third-round pick, yeah. I mean, I'm just, right? Good trade. I mean, Bob Quinn knows he's doing out there yeah, he in does. Detroit. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, you know, for a third-round pick, I think they were hoping for more than 11 catches in three games. Especially, remember, he was traded before their buy. So he, in theory, had two weeks of working with this offense. And you see like what Amari Cooper has done with basically the same amount of time in Dallas. Forget what what was paid for the particular player. I mean, like, you know, even Demarius Thomas. Demarius Thomas is, you know, in his – how many games has he played with the Texans? Three now? Three, three or four? He's got seven catches in three games. Golden Tate has uh, 11 catches in three games. Demarius Thomas scored two touchdowns. Yeah, so but that's different, right? He's, he scored – yeah, I, I get I'm it. just talking from the NFL perspective. I get I, I'm it. just, no, I'm it, here. I mean, the Eagles, the Eagles season has gone in a tank. They should have lost to the Giants last week. Only the Giants and their dumb karma, their Evan Ingram induced karma led them to a loss and, uh, and, and stupid coaching. So in any event, Golden Tate, not him must start by any stretch for us, but Alshon Jeffrey remains the Eagles wide receiver. We are most confident in this season. The Redskins, not a defense that I would say scare, not a bad defense, but it's not one that totally scares you. So Jeffrey ranks as a flex play for us this week. But Carson Wentz, I think, is really interesting. Carson Wentz was drafted, along with somebody else, uh, as to, to to hold you over until Carson Wentz was healthy, to potentially be a top-five fantasy quarterback yeah. this year. He hasn't been that. And no. of late, he's been really bad, with just 14 points over his last two games, Matthew. He's single-handedly killed a lot of fantasy teams. He's single-handedly, like a lot of, because you need, you need quarterback production in fantasy this year. And last two weeks, in what should have been good matchups, he's like single-handedly killed you. Like whatever, what was it two weeks ago? The point eight game or something like that, and then you know, and then uh, you know, last week did nothing as well against a Giants team in which he should have had uh, pretty good. I mean, one touchdown in two in two weeks, like it's been it's just been absolutely brutal. And so as you're heading towards the playoffs, literally Carson Wentz, 
I would love to see the percentage of teams that have Carson Wentz that didn't make the playoffs because I bet it's significantly high. Eagles are six and a half point favorites at home. I think the Redskins cover. Matthew, how about you? Oh, I was just going to, one, before we move on real quickly, okay. I actually, for, as sitting over here just, you know, ba- ba- uh, just bailing on Carson Wentz, I will say Redskins have allowed, uh, the fifth most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks since week five. Um, you know, I do think Carson Wentz is a viable QB2 this week. I have him at QB14, so I think there's, you know, I think he's usable this week. He's he's. I don't think he's a top 10 guy, but I do think against my Redskins, sadly, at home on Monday night, I think he'll actually be uh, decent uh, this week. Pick the game. I'm taking the Redskins. Yeah, I was going to say, I forgot what game we were even talking about at this point, the Eagles. Daniel? I think Carson Wentz has the best game of his season against the Redskins. Wow. I'm taking the Eagles. Daniels, but if, you know what? Fired. If I wanted to go watch my team fall farther I down believe. the NFC East list, Matthew, like just keep on plummeting in the standings. Yeah. How do you think I could get tickets to go see that happen? Seat geek, actually. Look, Daniel, especially for somebody like you with a with kind of a small little mouse brain, <laughs> getting tickets online can be far too complicated. Yeah, it okay? is. Hundreds of sites, varying levels of reliability. It's hard to know who to trust. You're right. You know, I mean, you've had trust issues being a Lions fan your entire life. I have. Right? You actually have real trust issues, which is why SeatGeek, Daniel's the way to go for you and candidly for everyone. They pull millions of tickets into one place so you can easily find the seats you want for a price you're willing to pay. Nothing quite like being there in person. You know what I mean? It's one thing to watch your Lions lose at home. But it's another to be there. I know it's great to see them just get demolished on right. Monday Night In Football person. against Drew Brees. You yeah, are correct. Yeah, of course, exactly. It just like feels it's just, different. There's you just know, a different kind of pain and yeah, agony. There's like a tangible right. feeling to it. Exactly. Anyway, so Seat Geeks is going to get you closer to the action for a great value. It's basically Seat Geek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. And here's the best part for me: every purchase fully guaranteed. I mean, you know, there's so many shady ticket operators out there. Every purchase on SeatGeek fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. You know what I mean? Listen, you guys know I have the SeatGeek app. Uh, they helped my kid get to the LSU Georgia game, which had been sold out for weeks and weeks and weeks. And, you know, my, my son's got a college budget. You know what I mean? And, but he was able to get into that game. Thank you so much to SeatGeek there. And so by far the easiest way to shop for tickets, right? And it's not just tickets, right? But it's it's concerts and comedy shows and, you know, any kind of event you need. If there's tickets, they're available on SeatGeek. So best of all, the listeners of this podcast get $10 off the first SeatGeek purchase. Here's what you do. You download the SeatGeek app. You enter promo code FFF. That Once again, that's promo code FFF for $10 off your first purchase at SeatGeek. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. Moving along here with the Bears and the Giants. This game is being played in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Stefania, of course, a massive injury of note for the Bears is Mitch Trubisky. We do not expect to see on Sunday. No, we don't because he's not throwing yet. And I think this is, you know, it's gotten people concerned, like what's going on with his shoulder? He's not throwing yet. And so Trubisky himself said this is not a long-term issue. He's just following the plan that the staff has for him. And honestly, I think this is just about making sure they do it the right way. I don't think, I'm not worried about his overall health, but for the purposes of this week, it will not be Mitch Trubisky. To be clear, I think we will see Mitch Trubisky. I just don't think he plays in this game. Like, I think mm. there'll be shots of him on the sideline. Like, I don't think he's going to wear an invisibility cloak or anything like that. Field, you know, you said you didn't think we would see him. I do think we will see him. I just don't think he plays in this game, and I don't think he's a viable starter in Great fantasy. Great insight just, right there from Matthew. Just what something to clear, just to clear up. I mean, I know you're a big wizarding guy, but... Uh, so what do you think it means for the pass catchers in, in Chicago? <laughs> 
If it's yeah. not Mitch Trubisky, if he's not even seen this Sunday. Yeah, I think it's well, I do think he's going to be seen, like okay, I said. But it. right. Okay. But um uh but it would be cool if he had an invisibility cloak. Mitchell, if you're listening to this and you have an invisibility cloak, can you give a brother a heads up? Can you let me know? Like cuz I'd buy one of those. Um look, I I don't think you're going to get a lot out of Chase Daniel here. I think you'll see a lot of short passes here. I think he'll spread it around uh as it were. To me, uh, Tariq Cohen is the most interesting guy here. I have him as a flex play with upside, at least six receptions in five of the last eight games. You know, uh, Giants allowing a touchdown pass on 7.4% of attempts to running backs this season. That's the second highest rate in the NFL field. They've also allowed a running back rushing touchdown each of the last six games. So maybe it's Jordan Howard, but you know what? I don't think it's a guarantee that it's Jordan Howard because Tariq Cohen has been getting, you know, as many, if not more snaps than Jordan Howard, depending on sort of how the game goes. So I do think Tariq Cohen with Chase Daniel under center gives them some big playability and some run after the catch, which you need because Daniel's not a big, big arm guy. That much is clear after what we saw last Thursday night. Allen Robinson, in terms of rankings here, we have Allen Robinson as a top, top 30 play for us. Tariq Cohen's a player we talked about earlier on this week. And Stefania, uh, you love Tariq Cohen this week. To borrow a Matthew phrase, you are, if, if you wrote your own love hate, Tariq Cohen will make your list. Oh, he totally would make my love list. And I, I gave you all my reasons, all my data before, but I think that he's clearly the better option, uh, than Jordan Howard this week. I, He's the pass catcher, and he has touched on six of his last eight games, four receiving, two rushing. To me, I think. Look, I, I just I am I'm way higher than you guys, and he is not necessarily gonna. I, I don't project him to necessarily finish as the fourteenth, but I like him enough to make him a definitive second running back. Okay, there you have it. There on uh, to read Cohen Matthew and I have a little bit more doubt on that. We have Cohen ranked inside the twenties, but as you just heard me talk about, like I. I do think Cohen benefits from Chase Daniel under center. I prefer him to Jordan Howard. For the Giants, you are starting Saquon Barkley and Odell Beckham. But, Stefania, we don't even know if Evan Ingram is going to play. So before we even have that can of worms conversation about Evan Ingram, do we think he'll go on Sunday? Uh, doesn't look like it right now. He hasn't practiced at all this week. Hamstring injury that seemed to come up out of nowhere. So I think you have to be concerned, given that he already had an MCL injury that, earlier this week. Here's what's great. I don't think you have to be concerned, and I'll tell you why. Because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if he's active or not. You're not starting him. You're not starting him. You're not starting a guy who's not getting any um, route. He's getting very few targets. He's not running any routes. He's playing less than Rhett Ellison. And he's going against the Bears with Eli Manning as his quarterback. You're not starting Evan Ingram. Like, And by the way, I like Evan Ingram. I think he's a talented young player. I think what the Giants have done. Look, don't get me started on the Giants and and their play calling. But you're not starting Evan Ingram. Stop it. You're not starting Evan Ingram. The Bears are favored by four and a half points. I will take the Bears to win this one in cover. How about you, Matthew? The line is what? Four and a half? Yep. The Bears. Stefania? Bears. Daniel? I will take Bears, Beats, and Battlestar Galactica. I don't know what any of that means. You don't watch The Office then. Time now for a quick break. All right, and it's time now for our ZipRecruiter's Smartest Fan of the Week. Hey, this is Liz Caceres, ZipRecruiter's Smartest Fan of the Week, and I want to give a shout-out to my boyfriend, ZipRecruiter's Smartest Fan of the Week, Week 1, Terry. You're a terrible commissioner, but I still love you. Now, back to the show. 
We have a ZipRecruiter Smartest Fan of the Week couple. I Yeah, wow. I was just thinking that. We have a ZipRecruiter Smartest Fan of the Week couple. And I can't, I mean, like, so and I don't remember, did he ever. Smartest Fan did of the he, week, week one? Yeah, did he ever, like, trash talk her in think, his? I don't think he ever even mentioned her, which no. is, I'm not saying you should reassess, like, where you guys are <laughs> and, you know, but, like, maybe it's something to think about. Well, I mean, a lot can happen between week one and now week 13. Maybe their relationship yeah. has become more well, solid, more solidified, or he maybe- He's a terrible commissioner. He's proven from week one to week 13, as she said. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he's, a, te- maybe he's a terrible commissioner, or maybe he's a great commissioner and a terrible boyfriend. I mean, we just don't know. Yeah, that's accurate. You know what I mean? And she's assuming that he's a terrible commissioner, and actually the truth is he's a great commissioner. He's just a terrible boyfriend. We just, again, there's a lot of ways this could go. I, just, I guess, and we'll look forward to tomorrow or yeah, Mondays. On, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see. It's just knowing that, like, she goes out of her way to mention him, yeah. and he doesn't mention her. I mean, girl, I'm just saying, they let you know where you stand, all right? You just, know what I mean? Just so you know. Dr. Just Daniel a, over there. Right. Like just, yeah. right? Relationship doctor. Yeah, well, exactly. Exa- oh, that was her last one? We have a new fan next week? Oh, yeah, we have oh. a new fan next week, right, yeah. Well, she ended. She dropped the mic with that uh, mic. Right, apparently. <laughs> All right, well, Liz, feel free to email us and, and let us know what's going on with the uh, the relationship. Now I'm interested. Now I care about the zip recruiter, the official zip recruiter <laughs> couple of the, I mean, I don't know. So how long do they, yeah, how long do they have to stay together? To, to, I don't you know. know. I mean, like Probably at least through the end of the season, right? I would think so. Of course, we've also got other weeks, so somebody that ha- that is dating one of the previous dating and or married to one of the previous ZipRecruiter fans that we could yeah you know we could have a we could have a couple struggle oh yeah you know what i mean <laughs> that would be whole, cool yeah it could be a whole thing it's interesting all righty the broncos okay. play the Bengals this weekend going on in there. cincinnati uh for denver you are starting philip Lindsay and emmanuel sanders although stefania did i see emmanuel sanders crop up on the injury report for the denver broncos i think i may have seen him crop yeah, up he did. on the injury yep. report with a heel Cap, uh, heel, heel yeah. injury limited on thursday so you don't know exactly what it means heel you know is it achilles did he get a bruised heel somebody kicked it who knows so okay. uh, has he become a heel tuned. in wrestling like just yeah there's a lot of different things that could happen with a heel you know technically or typically wrestling sort of uh lulls during this time of the year right, right. You, you get ready to build back up to wrestlemania which of course will be when we get to 2019 so i always find that like the best storylines are, are actually this is not the time for the best storylines in wrestling i understand but just which makes sense maybe that you know emmanuel, emmanuel sanders, sanders turning into a heel, heel would be yeah, a great yeah. storyline yeah. interesting okay something to think about there the night to find out but we do not like players injury status to get worse as the uh the week goes on right, or like to be when added on Thursday. when they get added True. to the injury report on Thursday. So this is concerning because honestly, if Emmanuel Sanders plays in this game, I would love him. This would be a fantastic matchup here against a Bengals defense uh, that, you know, honestly is one of the worst in the NFL, right? I mean, you know, sure is, C- yeah. Cincinnati, I mean, listen, they're, you know, they're 31st in scoring defense over the last four weeks. Right. They've actually had more games in which they've allowed multiple receiver Receiving touchdowns, three, than times which they've actually held their opponents without a wide receiver touchdown. I will say this. Vance Joseph says it's not a big deal. That's good. And, 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 you know, look, the Broncos have been pretty straight when it comes to, like, how do you assess whether to believe or not? They've been pretty straightforward. So sounds like they're being proactive. The problem with these limited practices is you go, oh, was it a decided limited practice or was he practicing something happened and then that was the end of practice? Two different scenarios. Sounds like it was the, the former. Right. But that's, right. but that's, candidly, that's why we hire you to figure those kind of things out. We that, agree. Right. I'm just letting people a little peek behind the curtain, if yeah. you will, just to into that it's more nuanced than you might think.
Yeah, 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 no, that's the kind of thing when you are getting done up by the makeup artist to go out tonight again, then that's the kind of thing you'll be on your phone uh, checking in on and trying the to track down. People know how hard I work. For, they don't need your reporting. For uh, since it is worth noting, since Demarius Thomas was traded, over he's had over an, an over twenty seven percent target share, which is significant, top ten in the NFL. So, uh, getting major a lot of injury storyline of the week is AJ Green who. Yep, Joe Mixon, you're starting for the Bengals. A.J. Green, if he's healthy enough to play, you probably are as well. Stefania, where do we rest right now in terms of A.J. Green and that foot injury? <laughs> His that's big toe, games? yeah, turf yeah. toe injury. Look, I'm, I, I've, I've been very clear on my thoughts on this kind of injury and how even if he plays, we can't say that he's 100% past it. But A.J. Green has been like, I'm definitively going to play. And he's been very deliberate in his comments. And and you and I talked about this before. He's a guy who doesn't speak that often. When he does, you listen because he's not he doesn't waste a lot of time, not a lot of nonsense. So I believe that his toe passed a certain threshold where he felt like he could do more. Um, typically with the Bengals, they like to see if Marvin Lewis likes to see a full practice on Friday before a guy is active. For the game, so if he gets through limited, limited, and and more activity today, I'd feel um, more confident that he's going to start. But there's no guarantee once he gets out there what you get. You just don't know. Which is why you have him at 27 in your ranks, Stefania Matthew at 18, me and 14. Just the idea that hey, it's it's AJ Green, like yeah. he he's capable of of things that uh, at 80 percent or 60 percent or 50 percent. And if he gets, not if he definitively is going to play. Um, then I will, I, this would be my guess is that they would probably still list him as questionable because this kind of thing that even you could go out and warm ups, it could bother you. I'll probably bump him up a little, but I probably won't get to as high as you guys are. It it is, it is no question risk reward here. We know about the talent. And by the way, backup quarterback, backup. So you've got a backup quarterback. You've got a risk free injury. We we just don't know. Jeff Driscoll is, you know, throughout his his brief career has generally been an inaccurate although he played well in the preseason uh this year and he's he's certainly kind of a mobile guy it's a great matchup believe it or not last four weeks broncos are allowing the third most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers they've been the worst pass defense in the nfl over the last four weeks like i mean it's been it i think people may see the broncos name and be like ah oh, maybe i want to avoid that the matchup isn't the issue to me the concern here with aj green is how much usage does he get backup quarterback and is there a chance of re-injury and they pull him out of this game? All right. So yeah. it is, it is truly boom or bust. I'm surprised, I'm surprised this isn't an IBM Watson, uh, call. Broncos are three and a half point favorites in this game on the road. Don't love laying points on the road, but it's the Bengals. I'll take the Broncos. Stefania, who you got? I'm going to go with the Broncos. Daniel? I am going to go with the Broncos as well. Matthew? I'm probably going to regret this, but give me the Bengals. I'm taking the points. Wow. We now get you are a glutton for punishment. For you to put by your desk for the Monday. Rams wow. travel to <laughs> Detroit to just gave take me a bone. on the Detroit Lions. What could be a matchup in the NFC Championship game for the Rams? Here are the players you're starting. Jared Goff, Todd Gurley, Robert Woods, and Brandon Cooks. By the way, Todd Gurley, 100% according to head coach Sean McVay. He's going to be fine for Sunday. Josh Reynolds, though, is the question mark here. Matthew, Josh Reynolds, does he make your potential flex him this week play? Yeah, I'm at 32. I think he's very viable. He's right there in sort of that, you know, wide receiver three, uh, wide receiver four with some upside here. Obviously, coming off the huge game from last Monday night, of course, we don't expect, <laughs> you never know, we don't expect the Rams to score over 50 points in this one. Against your Lions, it's possible, Daniel. Doubt it, though. 
Yes. Doubt it. Uh, run game has gotten, or run defense has gotten a ton better with the addition of Snacks Harrison. I would consider, I mean, just pulling Todd Gurley out of your lineup altogether. You know what I mean? <laughs> Good advice from at Daniel Dopp. Feel free to uh, tweet at him if it doesn't work out. Once again, that is at <laughs> Daniel Dopp. Over 30% of Reynolds' receptions this year have come in the red zone. It is worth noting that Detroit, one of the worst red zone defenses in the NFL since week five, they're the third worst in that particular category. If you're on the field in a Sean McVay offense in a good matchup, great things can happen. All that said, you mentioned the Todd Gurley, the Brandon Cooks, the, the, you know, the, uh, Robert Woods. There's just, there's a lot of mouths to feed in LA. And one of the reasons they had to keep throwing so much last week or last game they played, obviously, is because the Chiefs put up so many points. How much confidence do you have that the Lions can keep up with the Rams and they're just not up big in the second half? All right, there you have it there. Uh, for the Lions, you're starting Kenny Galladay, but the injuries to carry on Johnson is one that continues to be, um, I would say, it looks unlikely. Yeah, I mean, he's not practicing. Again, it's the Lions. We get nothing from them. No information. Marvin Jones on injury reserve. Carry on Johnson expected back, but we're not seeing anything from him yet. So at this point, I'd have to say I'd be surprised. Okay, so along those lines, it means that Garrett Blunt or Theoretic is going to be in line to play. Matthew, I got to figure that with the Rams coming to town, and the possibility for 50 points, maybe more likely 35 or so. It's hard to envision LeGarrette Blunt being as productive this week as he was the last time around. I would agree, obviously. Huge game uh, on Thanksgiving. I expect lower here. You didn't even rank him. Well, I rank I him still at, have carry-on in my oh, ranks. Oh, God, it understood. He could play. But right, yes. right. So that'll change once, you know, knowing uh, once, you know, carry-on's officially ruled out. You'll have Blunt ranked. But I have Theo Riddick ahead of LeGarrette Blunt. I suspect Field. That's how it will be for me as well. You yep. and Stefania, uh feel the same way. Stefania has Riddick over Blunt as well. Look, 25 catches in his four games since he's been back here. Honestly, when you think about, you know, Aaron Donald and the, and the kind of pressure that the Rams can get, what do you do? You do dump off to Theo Riddick. Other than Kenny Galladay, there's not really much else offensively for the Lions. I mean, whatever. You got Bruce Ellington out there. But yes, I think it's hard to establish a kind of running game with LeGarrette Blunt. I think they're going to be down big and down big soon. So, Theo Riddick, who's been, you know, kind of a big part of their offense since he came back, uh, to me is somebody who's kind of a, you know, high floor flex play. I don't know that he has a ton of upside, but I think, you know, listen, I think he's a guy that has a very good shot at, uh, 12 points or something like that. Yeah, I agree on that. It certainly feels though he is clearly the Lions running back. You feel most comfortable playing on Sunday. The Lions are nine and a half point underdogs. Daniel, I'm sorry, Oof. but I'm taking the Rams. That's a mistake. Okay. Who are you taking? <laughs> I'm taking the Lions. I actually saw our good friend Chad Millman from the Action Network talk about how all the Sharps were going to be on the Lions this week with them being a home dog. Nine and a half is just too big of a number. So I'm taking the Lions and going with Chad Millman. You know what? Ram up. By the way, I'm pretty sure the Sharps have had a pretty bad year so far this year. I'm pretty sure. I didn't ask you. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I just love that Daniel brought like rationale and thought and actually looked into this ahead of time. No, no, no. Stop it. Stop it, Stefania. He didn't bring rationale and thought into this. No, he brought Chad Millman's rationale and thought yeah, into this. Let's be right. clear. Which is fine. Just somebody who <laughs> that's not rationale ra- and thought. No, <laughs> by the transitive property, <laughs> that is my <laughs> rationale <laughs> and thought. <laughs> that's a math word, Matthew. Don't worry about it. You use transitive property. I'm so in with Daniel on this. I'm going with the Lions. Matthew? Wow. I, I ram up. I'm giving the Rams. Ram Good up. Pick right baby. there by Matthew. One of the biggest spreads of the week is that Rams Lions game, as is the Packers Cardinals game. Huge you spread. are starting. David Johnson for the Arizona Cardinals. Larry Fitzgerald's got four catches over his past three games, or past two games. Three of them have been for touchdowns. So it comes down to how lucky do you feel, although it's not a terrible matchup by any stretch, 
against the Green Bay Packers. And Fitz is touchdown prone, right? This is what he does. Professional touchdown scorer is Larry <laughs> Fitzgerald. For the Packers, you're starting Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams. But we may actually see Randall Cobb and Jimmy Graham. Stefania, Jimmy Graham played last week, so we expect him to play again this week. But how about Randall Cobb? It feels like he's been out forever. He has been out forever, and it feels like every time there's a chance that he plays, then they're not quite comfortable with where he's at with this hamstring issue to allow him to play. So, um, again, I think this is my prediction. He's going to come in as questionable. The Packers, as a reminder, don't do anything on Friday. They do their workouts on Saturday. And if they like what they see and they feel comfortable, then they make the decision. We're going to be talking about him on Sunday again. Okay. Where do you think he plays next year? Randall Cobb? Yeah. No clue. Have not put an ounce of thought into that. Yeah. Like, have you spent a lot of time thinking about it? I just think it won't be Green Bay. I think okay. there's almost no chance he's with Green right. Bay. I mean, next if that year. was the question, then yes, I think well, I, I could see him standing in Green Bay on a far reduced contract. One more year left on his deal after this, but uh, yeah, I do not know beyond that. Maybe given all their rookies, given that he's never available. I mean, it's just it, you know, yeah, don't it, think it, he's it, not aware of that. It, it, I'm it, sure it, that that's like you know, here can't make pro- the club in the tub. <laughs> there's probably incentive for him to come back. So who knows? But by the same token, these guys who have incentive to play, they're injured, especially if they're being looked at for contract situation. They don't want to go out there when they know they're still really hampered because then that gives yeah, them yeah, bad sure. stat lines. They don't look good to the eyeball test, and that can hurt their value as well. So uh, I know he wants to get back out there. It's a question of whether they think he's ready to to let him loose or right. not. Fourteen and a half points is a lot, but I think the Packers win this game. Gosh, and cover. That is a lot. Matthew? No way. That's crazy. I am taking the Cardinals to cover here. Daniel? 14 and a half is Yeah, is, that is, is insane, lot. especially with the way that Aaron Rodgers has played this year. Very un- Aaron Rodgers-like football. I'm taking the Cardinals. Stephania? I know. It's sad. I feel like somebody's setting me up for a big trap, but I'm going to take the Cardinals. I just can't. I, that, that spread is too big. All right, here we go. Panthers and Buccaneers. This game is in Tampa Who did you Bay. take? I took the, the Packers. You took oh, the Panthers, okay. Packers to cover. Panthers and Buccaneers. This game is being played in Tampa Bay. For the Panthers, you are starting Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey. We may or may not have Devin Funches available on Sunday, Stefania. What do you think? And now his back has been acting up, obviously. Um, that's been an issue. But then it's interesting because when he didn't practice on Wednesday, his back was listed, but it was also listed as not injury-related. So um, I think Cam Newton, I mean, Cam Newton, Devin Funches could get right enough by Friday uh, to be to be out there, so see what he does in practice. But I think there's a chance that you see Devin Funches this we week. We are all DJ Moore fans this week, Matthew. More so than Devin Funches. Moore just looks like the better player right now. Devin Funches, even when he is playing, has been unreliable. Yes, factually correct. Last two games, 15 catches on 17 targets for DJ Moore. At least five targets and and three straight. In the Buccaneers, we know how bad their pass defense is. Honestly, the four weeks prior to him going out with an injury, he was tied in terms of targets with DJ Moore. So it's not like DJ Moore's emergence has come at the expense of Devin Funches. It was already happening. And then obviously with Funches out the last couple of games, he sort of exploded. I prefer DJ Moore to Devin Funches in this one, given, um, given his sort of, connection that it seems like he has with Cam Newton given, you know, candidly how bad the the Buccaneers defense is and how bad the Panthers defense is. I think Jameis Winston and the Bucks put up points in this game. I think this is a this is a sneaky high scoring game. Uh, Vegas has the over under at 56 in this one. Yeah, it should so. be a lot of points yeah. scored in this one. That could be as many as Christian McCaffrey right. scores. And yeah. Kyle adds <laughs> this question. His 46.7 points last week were the seven most points by a running back since the beginning of the 2010 season. Le'Veon Jamal Charles twice, and Todd Gurley accounted for four of the six better performances. Who are the other two? In the pre-show meeting, I guessed one. 
which was Doug Martin when he right. went crazy for the Bucks a few years ago. He said the the last one was very obscure. I actually think I have this, but of course you do. <laughs> okay, but each one of us gets one guess. Since 2010, somebody to score more than 46.7 points. Who you got? Jerome Harrison. That was one of my other guesses as well, but I that think is, that might have been before. That, that 2010. is incorrect. Ooh, incorrect. But Jerome Harrison incorrect. had that game for the Lions yep. uh, against, against the Browns. The, oh, it was, no, Browns it was for, for the, the Browns against right, the Lions. He had been traded from the Lions. Yep. No, against, it, was, it was against the Eagles. Browns against the Eagles, right? Was it? I thought, yeah, I don't he was remember. Two thousand eight for the Browns. Didn't right. Jay Ajayi have that crazy one? You guys yeah. are looking at me like so Jay Ajayi. Uh, but yeah, you know so what? But I don't think it was that many fantasy points. I don't think he had a two hundred yard. He had a couple of two hundred yard games. Jay Ajayi did. It is not Jay Ajayi. No, Um, I I didn't really think it was him. But I'm just trying to think of somebody else who had like one. Field, who you think it is? Basically, Daniel and Kyle suggested it was a one hit wonder. Basically, right? And with Daniel in mind. Javid Best, yeah, baby. Buddy. Wow. Oh, my gosh. No. Javid Best. Had, Javid he came Best. against the Eagles. Yeah. too. He went crazy. Wow. Insane. Insane. The best thing that ever happened to him. I want that memory. That's all I know. I don't even I care about the guess. stat. I just want Fields' memory. Can I please have it? Can I please I would like the rest of his body. You can have his memory. <laughs> I'll take everything else. No <laughs> big deal. Put it up. I'll take the memory. You can have everything else. Right, um, let's keep it, we got to keep it. Oh, yeah. I was gonna get. I was gonna guess either Arian Foster or Chris Johnson. Well, Both obscure, of them had big games. We had to think that but way, obscure, right? obviously, like I wouldn't have come I wouldn't up with Javid Best. Job nice best. Uh, if, if Grad, I had, if if, I had, wait, you want to talk about memory? The only thing I remember about Javid Best is he had bad foot and toe injuries and concussion issue that forced uh, early retirement. Yeah, it's injuries. Uh, I can't, best I can't was, remember anything else. It was yeah, an awful. Uh, Awful story. Okay, mm-hmm. let's move along. Yeah, really sad to see the way his career ended. For the Bucks. you're starting Jameis Winston. You are starting Mike Evans. We're not so confident, though, in other players like Peyton Barber, Adam Humphreys. Like, you know, they're they're more on the periphery. They're more of flex considerations. Uh, this, I, do, this, I, I Yeah, but I do think, yeah, I think Humphreys is a legitimate flex consideration. Like, over 14.5 points in four of the last five. Think about the Panthers, who allow the fourth most completions to the slot per game where Humphreys is. I feel like... Look, I don't think there's a lot of upside here, but I think there's kind of a decent floor in what we expect to be a high-scoring game. Again, if you're in a 12-team, three-wide receiver league or something, or deeper, and you need a guy, I think I think you could do worse and probably have than Adam Humphreys. I think Cameron Brate's a top-six tight end this week. And by the way, Deshaun the Jackson way. still has that thumb issue, and he's wearing a splint or a cast or something, not really catching pa- I mean, if anything, Adam Humphreys, I think, has bumped up since Deshaun Jackson has not been available, so... That's not going to change this week. Bucks. No, no team has allowed more touchdowns to opposing tight ends than the Carolina Panthers. I like Cameron Brake quite a bit this week. Bucks at home, three and a half point underdogs. I got the Bucks in a weird, very Bucksian win over the Panthers. Panthers back against the wall. Give me the Panthers and Cam Newton. Stefania? Panthers. All right. Daniel, who do you got? I like the Buccaneers this week. Let's have some fun and play with fire together. Daniel, the Pittsburgh Steelers host the Los Angeles Chargers, perhaps the game of the week. Keaton Allen, you are starting for the Chargers. Melvin Gordon, of course we know. Anthony Lynn said highly unlikely. Right, right. He ain't playing on Sunday night. That much we no. know. So no. what do we make of Austin Eckler this week? We have him at 12, 12, and 10, respectively. He has been a very good player so far this year. Yeah, and... Like when he's gotten work, he's been very productive, right? I mean, so in, in games in which he's gotten 10 or more touches, he's averaging over 17 fantasy points per game. Guy's averaging, uh, you know, uh, 7.4 yards per touch for his career. And so the Steelers, who allow the third highest percentage of passes thrown to running backs turning into touchdowns, 
I do think Eckler has enough volume here. It'll be interesting to see how much they use Justin Jackson. Yeah. But my expectation is, is in a game in which they're going to have to move the ball to score against Pittsburgh because we know what home Ben does. Yeah, I do think he's a very viable RB2 this week. I really wouldn't be surprised if he winds up with a very James White-like game on Sunday night. Austin sure. Eckler is an amazing yeah. pass catcher. And yeah. he leads the NFL amongst running backs with 75 or more touches this year in terms of yards per touch. Is that like seven as kind of, uh, 7.5, which is .1 above his career average. He's going to be a really productive player on Sunday night. I have a, f- a strong feeling on Austin Eckler uh, until Melvin Gordon returns. Philip Rivers, outside of our top 10, you know, he's got multiple passing touchdowns and I believe every game this season he has been red hot in that regard. But the Steelers, like, yeah, last week wasn't pretty in terms of win-loss, but like, they've been playing great defensively. They really have been much, second, much better. Second best pass defense over the last four weeks. Yeah, they've, they've been, been red hot. They've been terrific. Obviously, it's a Sunday night game. It's, it's at home. This is a, this is a, this is a big game. It's an important for game for the Steelers coming off of last week, I think. They get back on on track here. As good as Rivers has been, the volume hasn't been there. Like it's just been very efficient, right? For uh, for him and so the Steelers, who who are also the seventh best scoring defense over the last four weeks. Yeah, I, I have Rivers just outside my top ten this week. All right, let's move over to the Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger, you're starting him and James Conner and Antonio Brown and Juju. Probably the only question mark, I guess, with the Steelers would be. You know, Vance McDonald, if you're frustrated with your tight ends, can you rely on Vance? Like again, I think when it comes down to tight ends, we're we're really dart throwing after about four or five. Yeah, I think that I think that's right. I mean, look, two of his last three games he's scored, so there there is that, but it's not a ton of volume in this one. Right. It's not a it's not a matchup that um scares you that much. Charges a lot of the six most yards per catch after the reception this season. That's helpful because McDonald has the second most yards per catch after the reception among tight ends in terms of his average, averaging seven point nine yards per catch uh, 7.9 yards after the catch per reception. Oh no, George Kittle's been better this year. So listen, that's a part of Vance McDonald's game. Um, he's kind of like, listen, he's a, he's a touchdown or bust tight end. It's a little bit how lucky do you feel? He's outside my top 10, but he's, he's inside my top 12. So if you need a guy, Vance McDonald's a guy. Steelers are three and a half point favorites. I think they win in cover. Stefania, how about you? It's a big game. Yeah. Big yeah. game. Mm. Give me the Steelers. Daniel. Uh, I will also take the Steelers. Matthew, you want to bolt up or no? I do want to mention, go Chargers, go! <laughs> but I'm taking the Steelers. Well done by you. The Jets at the Titans for the Jets. Moving go on. Chargers, go! <laughs> Jets, nobody you're starting. Nobody of note that is injured. No. It's going to be really difficult to talk yourself into playing any New York Jet. For the Titans, it's it's actually kind of difficult as well to talk yourself into starting anybody. But Deion Lewis could be worth a oh, shot see, this I week. I disagree good... here. The Jets' defense is so bad, Field. I think Marcus Mariota is a viable streamer this week. If you had given me more than one second to make my point, you would have listened to me say, it might be more difficult to talk yourself into a Titans player, but still, and then you just jumped in. Okay. So Deion Lewis is the point. Correct, yes. Deion Lewis is mm, on the radar number. this week amongst running backs, and you like Marcus Mariota, you're saying. Yeah, multiple touchdown passes in three of his four games so far, right? You know... He actually, I mean, you think about last week against the Texans, like what was he, 22 of 22, something like that? So Mariota has actually been playing very efficient last couple of weeks. He's actually starting to look like the guy that we thought he could be and going against a Jets defense that's honestly one of the worst in the NFL. I mean, they've just, they've really kind of, you know, um, taken on a lot of water, right? They're the 23rd scoring defense over the last four weeks here. So, yes, I do think Marcus Mariota is a viable streamer. I have Deion Lewis as a top 20 play this week. And, yeah, give me the Titans defense as a streamer this week at home against the Jets. There you have it there. The Titans are 9.5-point favorites. I think the Titans win this one big. 
yeah, I would agree with that. By the way, Corey Davis inside my top twenty as well. Sure, like, he's been. You know, yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, I'm taking the uh, yeah tighten up. Yeah, it's a big spread, but it's the Jets. Some spread, eh? <laughs> yeah. Gotta take the Titans. Okay, there you have it. Moving along from the Jets and the Titans to the 49ers at Seattle for these, uh, 49ers, Stefania. Marquise Goodwin is not hurt, um, but he's dealing no. with a personal matter and we don't know his status for Sunday as of yet. We do not just yet. Okay. So, but, and we won't know. Like, just follow the reporting there because he's dealing with something that certainly is much bigger than football. He was back in the building in San Francisco yesterday, but mm-hmm. no guarantee that he plays on Sunday. He did not yeah, practice. There was a report that he was meeting with folks at the 49ers office. So okay. stay we'll see what that means. Matthew, you love yourself some Matt Breida this week. Yeah, I do. Look, uh, I don't know why Stefania hates Matt Breida with okay. such a fiery passion outside her top 20. Like it's, it's weird, Stefania. I mean, I sit here and right. I, you know, as, as decimated as the 49ers have been all season long and just what a brutal season it's been for the San Francisco team and their fans. I at least see some goodness here. And that's in Matt Breida, who I just absolutely love. You think about the Seahawks where seven different times this year, a running back has scored over 18 fantasy points against Seattle. Um, Four different running backs have rushed for over 110 yards against Seattle, like, and they all average seven yards per carry. By the way, Matt Breida, averaging 5.8 yards per carry. He's had consecutive games now with over 100 rushing yards and over 30 receiving yards. Here's the only other running backs to do that this year, James Conner, Ezekiel Elliott. Like, pretty good company to be in. Um, my guess is on the road at Seattle, what do you want to do? You want to try to take, uh, take them out of it? Try to establish the run. You can run on Seattle the 25th against the run over the last four weeks here. So Matt Breida, who doesn't really have any competition for touches in this game, and as you sit there and you're Kyle Shanahan, you're like, how am I going to move the ball against Seattle? Like, it's Matt Breida or George Kittle. They just don't have a lot. So I think volume and his talent certainly put him uh, inside the top 15 this week. For the Seahawks, you're starting Russell Wilson. No injuries of note there in Seattle except for Doug Baldwin, Stefania. We think he's going to play on Sunday? I think so. You know, he went from not practicing Wednesday to being limited on Thursday, but uh, it's just disappointing because he had that week where he was like, I'm great and I'm 100% healthy, and now he's just got this other soft tissue injury in the background, so it's just hard for me to have total confidence uh, after what happened to him and, and the fact that he didn't perform well. Obviously, there's risk-reward there, but has led the team in targets each of the last two weeks. You like the matchup at home against San Francisco, which traditionally has not been a great uh, team against the slot, so Look, I'm nervous about him, but I have him inside my top 25. I do think he's a wide receiver three with upside. Ding. Chris Carson <laughs> for the Seahawks, obviously ranked highest amongst that backfield. Again, we kind of have a feel for how this backfield is going to play out. Mike Davis plays a little bit on passing downs, and then we'll see just a sort of dash of Rashad Penny here. The Seahawks are 10.5-point favorites. That's a big number. These teams play twice. I think Seattle covers. This team is trending in the right direction. Matthew? Wow, 10.5. But I agree with you. They're getting hot, and the 49ers are not. I'll take not. Dot com. Yeah, hot, yeah, exactly. You know what? I vote your hot field. I would vote your hot. Thank you. And you too, Stefania. I would vote everyone in this show hot, except for you, Daniel. Ooh. <laughs> I'm going to take the 49ers because. But not cool, know. Keith. I would vote for you. Thirsty Kyle would vote for you. Random Damien, who no one knows, I would vote for you. <laughs> Just I, I would vote not. 49ers, what do you got, Daniel? I'm going to take Nick Mullins in the revenge game here. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I like it. Richard Sherman? Yes. Okay. Yeah, 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 that's what it is. Got it. Chiefs go to Oakland to play the Raiders. Start Patrick I was, Mahomes and Kareem Hunt and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. I just, for anyone that's wondering why I said that about Daniel, I just want to point out that this will mean nothing to anyone, but an hour before the podcast, uh, Daniel and I were doing a shoot for the fantasy show on ESPN.com, uh, ESPN Plus, fantasy show on ESPN Plus. 
And at one point, the phrase laser nipples was uttered. I'm just going to let you think on that. Let you mull <laughs> on that one. Laser nipples. Well, actually, my, you might get to see him later on next week. You might get to see him at some point next week. Uh, you're just starting you all know. your chiefs. That's what we're dealing with here. Laser for, nipples. Yeah, Sammy Watkins play on Sunday, Stefania, you think? I don't know. You know, this is a foot issue for him that has been a little bit problematic. And, you know, even when we thought that it was that he had a better shot of going, then he wasn't able to go. So, again, this is I said it before. I'll say it again. It's time of year. They look at the the big picture. And so if it's something that's still giving him trouble, you know, he hasn't done anything in practice so far this week. So it's hard to imagine him being suddenly convincing enough. I've got to play my this antenna weekend. up on Sammy Watkins, but I will say this Chris Conley could be a reasonable fill in play for those looking for some wide receiver help. He did have a solid game the last time we saw the Chiefs. The Chiefs on 13 days rest playing the Oakland Raiders. They should win this game comfortably. Is there anybody in the Raiders who can start? The answer is probably no. I mean, Jared Cook is the lone player that even ranks inside of the slot of his position where we say, yeah, start this player. I would think Jalen Rashard probably has the better shot at points here for the Raiders. Even though the Chiefs have struggled defending the run, Like you got to figure the Chiefs are up big early in this game. The real question mark is this. Will the Raiders cover in this game? I say no. The Chiefs are 14.5-point favorites, wow. Matthew. I think the Chiefs smother them. Yeah, I would agree. Okay. I, I, I would agree. Um, it'll be interesting to see if, if Watkins doesn't play. Tyreek Hill's target share without Watkins is ridiculous. And so you're obviously already starting him, but just in terms of her DFS, I think he's going to be worth the price if Watkins doesn't play. Darfanya. Give me the Chiefs. All right, Daniel. I will take the Chiefs. All right, Chiefs are for Daniel as well. The Colts at the Jaguars. Uh, second time these times these teams have played in about a month or so. For the Colts, you're starting Andrew Luck, T.Y. Hilton, and Eric Ebron. But you might start Marlon Mack if he's playing, Stefania. Do we think he'll play on something? I think that his full practice yesterday was a very good sign. And obviously, you know, with the concussion issue, it's obviously you got to wait and see how they respond to that. So if he comes back and does the same thing on Friday, I would say things are looking good. All right, that's good news right there, Matthew. Would you even have confidence playing him, though, if he plays? Because the last time out, he had 12 rushes for 28 yards. I mean, Ivan's a flex play. I mean, okay. you know, I mean, like, look, it is not a great matchup here. They've been the best defense against fantasy running backs over the past four weeks. He's averaging 14.3 rushes over his past three games, right? I mean, so he's not, he's getting volume, but he's not getting a lot of volume. Like he's to the extent that any running back in Indianapolis is getting volume, he's getting it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's a, I think he is a risky flex play. I'm not, I'm not particularly worried necessarily about injury here, but, you know, almost 70% of the Colts yardage gained inside the 15 yard line has come via the pass, which basically means you're, you're counting on him to catch kind of a swing pass and, and run into the end zone. I think he's only gotten one goal to go carry. I could be wrong on that, but I feel like he's only gotten one. If he has, if he's gotten more than one, it isn't a lot more. So yeah, I have him ranked to 23. That's in, in, you know, he's a flex running back. He's the definition of it. Okay. Good stuff there. And for the Jaguars, no Leonard Fournette as he is suspended. Mm-hmm. What do we make of TJ Yeldon and Carlos Hyde? Which one would you prefer in this game on Sunday, Matthew? TJ Yeldon, you know, I think we've sort of, we've sort of talked about this, but, uh, you know, Cody Kessler is not particularly a, a gunslinger. So somebody that I think will throw short, and I think he's going to throw short to TJ Yeldon has 46 catches this season. You know, think about the Colts who allow the second most receptions to running backs per game this season, over seven a game. Since the beginning of last year, when TJ Yeldon gets at least 10 carries, he's averaging over 16 fantasy points per game. 
on a per-game basis. That would actually be the 13th best running back in fantasy this week. I'm not expecting that to necessarily happen here because I do think you'll see Carlos Hyde involved. But, yes, if you're asking me which one am I picking, which one do I have ranked higher, it's TJ Yeldon because we have yet to see Carlos Hyde do anything positive candidly in a Jaguars yeah, uniform. Jaguar, if they could get something out of like they need to get something out of high. They just need to. They traded the freaking fifth round pick for him. They need to right. get some production out of him this weekend. We'll see whether or not it actually happens. The Colts are three and a half. Maybe he favorite. could play quarterback. That would work. If Kressler doesn't work out. Colts win and cover in my opinion. How about you? Three and a half point favorites. Yeah, I'm gonna take the Yeah. I'm gonna Yeah, I'm gonna take the Colts. Yeah. I think it's hard hard to hard to, you know Cody Kessler, I do think the Colts defense is in play as a streamer here. Yeah. I will take the Colts. I know we have one last game, but I really quickly just have to give a shout out to Papa Shoop, uh, who was watching our Twitter stream, who just said, when Field proposed to Chapin, I'll bet he said this. My question is this. <laughs> right. Because you say my question is this all the time, and I just think it's really funny to have you like, that. oh yeah. yeah. It's not one of those things that's, you're your, Yeah, that's, that's, one one of, your, that's one of the things that you that's do. That's one of your crutches. It's just funny when, when, uh, you know, Papa Shoop, he's, he's, in our Twitter chat, every day. I just want to give him a shout out. Candidly, you've never the heard that. The fact of the matter is, I think it's, <laughs> a, I think that is the definitive Field Yates statement right there is what right. it is. You'll just say. 100% it is. <laughs> yeah. Really I like quickly, those phrases. Really quickly, I want to go back to this yeah. real, real quick. Yeah. Real quick. Yeah. Real quick. Real quick. No, but I, what I was going to say see, these was. these are the kind of phrases you guys be using. Hold on. Before, hold on. Before you move on, Matthew, I just want, I just want to say this. Hold on. Before we move on to this, I have one note about the, the Chiefs Packers game from week six. I really like Devin Punches in that game. I know. You're too busy. You're trying to get out of here. I'm trying to provide info for the fans. That's right. Listen, America, you know what? I care about you. These two uh, jamokes don't, they're just trying to get off the, hey, I got to get to makeup for my date. There, but I, someone here, America cares about you, and it's me. It's this guy. It's two thumbs pointing at this guy. Who has your back? I do. These two. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. That's right. When I've got some extra stats, people appreciate it. People are they're sitting there. I got a fantasy game to you win. Know what, people, yeah, you know what I appreciate? All the people on Twitter with ideas for punishment for you, my friend. Oh, my goodness. Oh, they're so, so good. good. My favorite I've, one. I've got a few lined Coming up here. Up. There Bills, special. Dolphins. We'll make this one fast. We can get some of those ideas. Uh, the, for the Bills, can you even flex LaShawn McCoy? That's I mean, the depth can. we've reached. <laughs> I know. This is I mean, the most barren sheet I've ever I seen know. in my life. <laughs> There's nothing There's on not, it, like, which uh, is reflective of this game. McCoy. Pick one player from the Bills and one player from the Dolphins that you would consider playing on Sunday. LaShawn McCoy, and who's your Dolphins? Who's your Dolphin I, you'd pick? Here, yeah, LaShawn McCoy, but I'll tell you this. If I'm in a desperate quarterback situation, two-quarterback league, or you're looking for sort of a you know DFS tournament play, Josh Allen has a 10-yard rush yeah. or more in six or seven, uh, six or seven games. Week four, Dolphins are allowing a touchdown on the fourth highest percent of passes here. Like, there's a little bit of swagger to Josh Allen. Like, it could come crashing down, but would it shock you if Josh Allen had a nice game here, fantasy-wise, in terms of his rushing and passing uh, against a Dolphins team that kind of seems, it certainly has been inconsistent defensively this year? It would not. Nothing would no. surprise me in this game. This yeah. game could be incredibly ugly, and yet Josh Allen could have... 20 fantasy points on the strength of a rushing touchdown and 50 yards rushing. What, he had 99 yards last week running. He's been really good with his legs for the yeah. for the Dolphins. Like, again, Kenyon Drake probably is the most startable Dolphin. I don't even know if Danny Amdol is going to play. He's been out of practice all week with a hamstring yep. issue. 
you probably feel best about the Bills' defense amongst all the usable commodities in the game this week. That is a fact. I would agree with this. By the way, another alert from the Fantasy Life app, which just absolutely crushes it on the alert. Deshaun Jackson not going to play this Sunday, according to Dirk Cutter. So oh, there you go. So um, the conversation. Yeah. Anyway, but uh, so like by the way, I highly Humphrey. recommend downloading the Fantasy Life app. It is free. You go to fantasylifeapp.com. Uh, the alerts absolutely crush it. If you don't like it, just delete it. But there's a reason we have 4.8 stars on the App Store. The people that download the app absolutely love it. Okay. And so, it's 100% free. Uh, so the Bills are five and a half point dogs in this game. I think they cover. Yeah. Give me the Bills. I want the Bills. Bill up. Taking the Bills here. All right. Stefania. Yeah. Uh, the lesser of two evils. We'll put a bow on this podcast by figuring out Matthew's punishment. Matt, uh, Daniel, do like, how do we, I saw one that I think is the, yeah, I, there's one that I love. Yeah. I want you two to go. Okay. You're, you're good with it. Matthew has to shave his head. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. That's not, uh, that's well, nature's a... doing that for me. So okay. next, I like the one uh, from Jeff. Is it? It's Maki or M A K I. He has to literally sit on a fence the next time he does a pick'em segment. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's so good. <laughs> pretty good. I want to see like a picket fence. That would be so uncomfortable. So uncomfortable. It would have good. to be high well, enough so that you could see it here. Oh, Will, but... we could arrange. That yeah, is my I think we'd be all right. All right, I mean, Daniel, and I, I'll do I'm, that. I'm loving all of them, but that one, I'm. I'll do I'm, that. Listen, I, I think that's funny, so I'm happy to do that. <laughs> I think the idea that I I should quote, be punished for a mistake is ridiculous because I have to be honest. Like, if the reverse had happened, if I had said the Cowboys on air and accidentally put the cow- the Saints. You right, guys so wouldn't be like, I'm oh, you know what? Is. He should still get a win, even though I put the Saints in the machine. Uh, Matthew Garcon in the machine. <laughs> whatever. In the computer, on the computer, whatever. <laughs> Matthew Garcon <laughs> says that Matthew and I need to switch roles on the fantasy show for one day, which I am a big fan of. So Ooh, you can I just, like that. Everyone gets to see Matthew's nipples for once rather than mine. Oh. I get to keep all my clothes on. You had me until that part. The show yeah. would be canceled. All right, Dan, a couple others. Okay. Next. Uh, Bryce says Matthew should have to tell a hamstring joke. I think that's a good that's a one. Loss for all of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That. No, don't like that yeah, one. No. All right. How about Derek saying Matthew has to self-proclaim himself as a weasel? Absolutely not. That won't happen. <laughs> I no? think he has to. How about he has to pick against the Chiefs for like four straight weeks? Stop it. I um, still think sitting on the fence. Is honestly, my getting a like, win. Was, I'm so a Redskins funny. fan. Do you understand how much I hated last night? Like, I don't want to win from the stupid Dallas Cowboys. Awful. Like the Saints just, the Saints got, you know, totally jobbed by the refs there. Cowboys played well. But listen, if that Camara hit is called correctly and that guy's thrown out of the game, which it should have happened, that drive continues. And my expectation is I think they at least tie the game. You know, so the game would have been very different. Like just, that was an awful, awful missed call on Camara. <laughs> You guys admit that, right? You guys all admit and that. And it was a, it, there were a, there were a number of of poor calls in that <laughs> yes. game. So okay. I'm with you on that one. Maybe I'm brutal. enjoying these punishment tweets up. What they keep coming? What they, yeah, Philip, Philip Young saying like a, a guillotine? Yeah, really, or a, or a guillotine? Uh, guillotine? Uh, okay. A guillotine? A, Whatever it is. It's a jo- it's, Did it's you also call Cedric Sabayos? It's funny. I'm just you know. Stop. Look my 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 poor little neck. Yeah. Think about that <laughs> guillotine. It's not nice. I think I'm with either Matthew sitting in a fence or having to shave his head. I and think him. sitting on the fence. I is... think we should ask Beth. Should, we, we should ask Beth whether or <laughs> not he should shave her, his head. Good luck getting a hold of her. Um, <laughs> so I I will sit on a fence just because I think that's funny. I think I'll do funny. that. I want to see the Who's prop. Going, like, here. How are we going to get a fence in here? Oh, we will figure it out. Find a way. All right. How we'll figure it. Daniel's on it. Yep, we got it. Oh, Daniel's on it. I'll get one of those little. I'll get one of those little fences. Oh yeah, yeah. Stefania with a great idea. So Daniel will be on. Okay, got it. Daniel knows how to. Daniel no, has no. access to a show that has puppets and props. 
So I know that we. He has less access than you think. To be Squirrel. We're back on Monday, of course. In the meantime, the this injury blog will be out on Saturday night or Saturday afternoon at some yeah, point. We have fantasy football. Fantasy football now, 10 a.m. Eastern time on ESPN2. We might start on ESPN News on Sunday, but catch us for the full three hours leading up to kickoff. We, little, we literally don't know what channel we're on. <laughs> okay. I mean, it is, it, they tell us every week, and it changes all the time. And anyway, it's when that those one of those fun games where you try to find where we are. <laughs> Matthew Berry, TMR, and all at different forms times of social on media, morning. except for the Fantasy Life app. He's at Matthew Berry, where that app crushes it. She's Stefania B87 and Stefania score, underscore ESPN on Twitter. I'm at Field Gates. Talk to you guys on Monday. Peace out. You're in the 06010. Never gonna hustle in case you didn't know. Matthew Berry, TMR. You, 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 you guys go ahead. Give me grief for being on Sports Center for 45 seconds. I think you could do better than me because I don't think you could. Jail bait, Field Yates. You're, you're, you're terrible at hashtag improv. At, 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 at field gate. At field gate. Stefania your bell. Oh, don't let Barry convert you. Secret squirrel Daniel Dobb. Make, 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 make it happen. Mediocre fantasy advice. You're older than people realize. That never stops. Loyal 06010 listeners. Geico knows there are many reasons why you ride. From the camaraderie of the other bikers, a band of brothers always there for you, rain or shine, to the amazing savings you get with Geico on your motorcycle insurance and accessories coverage all year round. But for Bucky Hornhill, it was one reason in particular. It was my helmet hair. I was born with helmet hair. I've tried to cut it a bunch of times, even buzzing it, but it immediately just goes back to helmet hair. Geico Motorcycle. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.